0: Hello everyone, you're listening to J Movie Talk, episode 115, as I continue my Nightmare on Elm Street series reviews, as I'll be talking part 3, dream Don't dream no more. Dream and joining me on this episode is my Nancy to my orderly Max, Miss <laughs> Zina Sade Dixon. How are you doing, ma'am? Guys,
1: hello. I'm doing well. How
0: are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's always a pleasure when we seem to podcast, which is like every blue moon.
1: I love it. We need to do it more.
0: <laughs> we should. We should do it more. I mean, I'm, I'm starting a new podcast or whatnot, so, so I'm adding another one to the list. Okay. <laughs> Of, of already the ones that i'll be doing um but that new one is, is going to be a is, it's a sports uh, podcast we am gonna be talking about baseball okay
1: look at you so,
0: well thanks
1: so much for inviting me on really appreciate well, it.
0: i knew that i wanted to have you be a part of this at some point um at first i was thinking about having you to come on to talk about part two
2: mm-hmm.
0: but i was like i was like nah i just do that one by myself and then i was like well you know what part three because part three of this series is i'll say this is where the series kind of takes a turn in a way um i don't know if you agree with that or whatnot but i do like kind of like how i say like part four for uh friday the 13th you know is where the, the series kind of takes that turn
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know it, 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 there's like a like, the tone of the series shifts, and I would say with Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 is where is the movie where the series begins to take a shift. Now, unlike Friday the 13th, it kind of takes a shift in a more serious, serious way, where here is, is where it be, it's the, I want to say it's the beginnings of Funny Freddy, mm. <laughs> in a way. you start to kind of see that somewhat um but before we actually start you know talking about the movie or whatnot um can i just get your like quick overall thoughts about part one and part two
2: okay
1: yeah sure so part one for me is just a classic like it is to everyone else i really enjoyed that one that was one I felt that like really creeped me out. So one that comes to mind is when uh, Freddie is running down that dark alley and his arms all long. It felt like spaghetti. <laughs> but you don't know, see that as a child, you know, that like really freaks you out. And then you, this is, I feel like we, we get to know like the main character, Nancy. We get that introduction and it, it's like, it did not go. Cause I don't know, I, to be honest with you, I'm not too sure how old I was at the time when I first watched this movie, but I don't think that it did not go in the direction that I thought it was going to go in. You know, it was a lot freakier for me. I feel like this and with part one, that this was the one for me where Freddie actually scared me. So, of course, he would actually say things, He, you know, throughout the series. He'll say some, you know, those catchy phrases or lines and everything like that. But with this one, he was less the first one. He was less funny, you know, um, so with you mentioning how you felt like with part three, it's like that's where it kind of takes a turn to get, you know, more more comedic. For me, I actually felt like with part two, truth be told, this is so horrible and I'm really sorry. Um, I'm not a fan of part two. I will watch it every now and then, you know, um, just to see how I feel about it. I don't know if you ever do that. You just like to go back. To watching movies, yeah, because I have like the entire series and it's just like, okay, well, I'm just gonna go back and just rewatch it. And you know, it, it kind of hurts me sometimes when I, when I go back and rewatch it. But it's like, it's one of those movies where it's just like, I don't feel like it's great, but it's like, because I don't feel like it's great, I can't keep my eyes off of it, you know? No, okay. <laughs> and then it's just like the, I like the fact that it's, it's actually focusing on a, a guy this time a teenage boy instead of a teenage girl but then the thing is he's always sweaty all the time and i don't know and it's just like to me that was just I, I know it's like why are you looking i don't know jay i don't know why i noticed that he's just always sweaty the entire movie he's sweaty and it's just like okay i i cannot concentrate so with this one i kind of felt like it was more funny than anything you know but it's like I don't know if, if he was like, okay, so like he's friends with that girl, Lisa, and he has a crush on her, but we don't really know, okay, is he just awkward or is he shy? What like what's happening? You know? And it's just all these questions that I'm asking myself, and I shouldn't be asking myself when it's like, you know, I, the main reason why I even watched it was because of, you know, Robert England, Freddie Cooper, yeah. right? So, point is, it, this movie just stressed me out. Like, I didn't, I didn't watch this one as a kid. I actually watched it when I was a teenager. So, um, there was like a big gap in between for me, you know? Um, and, and then just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Does that make sense? Am I, I feel like I'm all over the
0: place. No, 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 it makes perfect sense because, um, I can't remember if I actually said it on when I recorded that episode, but I, as a kid growing up, I never watched Part 2 either, like, when, matter of fact, when, like, uh, it's kind of ironic that we're doing this on uh, a Friday, because I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Joe Bob Briggs, Last Drive-In is back, it comes tonight, as of this recording, it's it's back, or whatnot, but uh, like, you know, when we was kids, or whatnot, uh, you know, there was Monster Vision on TNT, Mm -hmm. right? And like, if they showed the marathon or whatnot, they kind of always skip part two. So I never really saw part two, like grown up or anything. It wasn't until I uh, probably had to be like in my twenties when I when I first saw part two, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really a fan of it either. Um, but then when I watched the documentary and I found out, you know, you know, like, well, it is considered, you know, the the gay one, or <laughs> what? That's that's basically what they said, you know. It's like because there's all these undertones in it, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "Really? Yeah I, I, yeah, I never noticed." So then, when I went back and I watched again with that, you know, in my head, I'm like, "Oh my god." Okay, <laughs> you What know? a question: I,
1: I've, I've unfortunately, I've never checked out the documentary. Did they mention why he's sweaty all the time? <laughs>
0: no, I mean, I didn't <laughs> Jay, but... <laughs> I, I, it, it's been a while since i've seen the uh the nightmare on elm street documentary i remember it was on netflix like a few years ago but then they took it off mm-hmm. um so i mean i probably should own it uh i mean of course i have the the crystal lake memories um memoirs or whatnot um that which is a really good documentary but uh i should i should own the uh, the nightmare on elm street one but i i'm not gonna say they don't mention it I, I won't say that because they do like go into like a lot of detail. I know about part two, and I'm, I'm sitting there laughing at a lot of it, especially with the whole thing about you know with the coach and you know how he gets killed and you know oh, Jesus. But I mean he is he 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 does he he sweats to an obscene amount in that movie. Um, I don't think anyone I don't think I've ever seen anyone sweat like that outside of freaking graveyard shift. But that made yeah. sense for people yep. to be sweaty. Because they're working, exactly. Pretty, you know, a meal or whatnot. So, and there's no AC, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I don't know why. I mean, teen, he, he maybe he's going through puberty. I mean, and he, and he sweat. I mean, one part that I did think was pretty cool was the
1: you know the pool party scene. I thought was pretty cool. So you know, it had like a a, a cool like idea to it, but it, it's just like I don't
0: know. I just. I, but, well, okay, because I did talk about that on the um episode. Mm-hmm. As, even though that is, it's probably like the best scene in the whole, well, that and when, when Freddie actually takes him over at Grady's house and he kills Grady. I think that's a cool, uh, practical yeah. effect, how they do that. But I will say that the, the pool party scene, like when he, you know, you're all my children <laughs> now, that whole thing. But. In the grand scheme of Nightmare on Elm Street, that scene does well, actually the movie itself doesn't make sense, but that scene definitely doesn't make sense because it's like, how can Freddy operate in the real world? He's a dream Right. So, technically it doesn't make sense. And I always kind of laugh, too, when uh, Lisa's dad comes down with shotgun and and he's shooting at uh, Freddy and Freddy kind of turns around, he gives, like, Lisa and the family this look and then how he kind of like walks away and giving that like over the shoulder look back at him and just walks away and it's like... Yeah. Like, it's I don't like, know. so Yeah. I, I don't know. But that, that movie is all types of weird. It, and then,
1: you know, the the last scene that involves the school bus. And I know that it was supposed to be similar to like the original, well, to his original nightmare and stuff like that. You know, well, just
2: Yeah.
1: Um... But it's just, I I don't know. And then all of a sudden, Freddie's you know, his arms are, you know, are clinging on. I don't, there's just all this stuff that just happened. It was just too much for my teenage brain. So it's like, even with that, I may even have to go back and rewatch it to see how I feel about it. Because it's like, I really want to like it, you know, because it's just like, I feel like when I think about, not that I'm trying to compare the two, but just because it's a series as well. When I think about Friday the 13th, you know the series. It's like there's a lot of them I can have fun with. With this, I kind of I feel like I, I this is I feel horrible saying it, but sometimes I feel like I I kind of forget about it, you know. Unless I just I always remember Jesse as the one who was always
0: sweaty all the times. <laughs> you know. I don't know. It, it almost makes it feel like the movie, it like what well, it, it, it's almost like like Phantasm in a way where the the first one where you know Jodie you know spoiler alert for anyone who don't know the movie turned 40 years old you know what not just here <laughs> the other day but um for anyone who don't know, the fact that everything that happened with Jodie in the movie never actually right. happened <laughs> you know it's almost like it's almost like everything with uh part 2 it never actually happened mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least it, it didn't happen the way we saw it happen yeah You know,
1: there's something really sad about the series Phantasm, you know? I've always wanted, this is, I mean, maybe this could be another episode, but I've always wanted to just, like, dissect each one, because I've always just felt like it had, like, a sad undertone. Like, I remember watching it as a kid, you know? And it just kind of made me, it was freaky, don't get me wrong, there were some creepy parts, but, I don't know, it just kind of more made me sad. Kind of weird.
0: yeah, I mean, we never do understand why the tall man has this weird obsession with Mike. Right. Or whatnot. And, I mean, Reggie, you know, he goes from being the, you know, just chill uh, ice cream man to being, <laughs> you know, like a freaking ramble with a <laughs> full barrel shotgun and all that type of stuff. And can never get the girl. <laughs> never. <laughs> but, but, you know what? It's funny that you brought that up because I actually was thinking about, you know, doing another a uh, series review and Phantasm would be it. And because I was listening to another friend of the show, uh, their podcast, uh, blood and black rum podcast hosted by Ryan and Martin. Um, cause I, I think you remember when I did the Friday the 13th, when they did parts one, two, and three mm-hmm. for me, and, you know, did the, the ones that came after like that. And they still mentioned, You know, them doing parts one, two, and three on my podcast. And that's like over two years ago at this point. And I was like, you know, well, maybe I should get them back on and maybe I can have them do, you know, one of the Phantasm movies. And if you want, we can actually do some of the Phantasms too. Yes, that would be great. So, Ryan and Martin, if you're listening, so Phantasm would be the next movie I'll probably have you guys to come on and do probably have i don't know maybe have them do either part two or part three because i think they would have fun with that right i think so too so yeah and like i said we can dissect part one because it doesn't make it a lot of that doesn't make sense at all okay um it, it's funny how we're talking about everything for <laughs> <laughs> Not even on Elm Street. so i apologize um for our listeners, they're like, hey, we, this is going to turn to a phantasm podcast. It says Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> um, but um, so uh, real quick, uh, just to kind of go through some of the actors that, it, that uh, is in this movie. Uh, of course, we have Heather Langenkamp. She makes her return to the series mm-hmm. as Nancy. We have, um, what's his name, Bill, um, Bill Mayer. No, uh, Craig Watson, I mean, as uh, Neil Gordon. <laughs> But dude does look like Bill Bill Mar. He he really does like is really him. Um, introducing pretty much Patricia Arquette as Kristen Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guy named Robert Englund. Uh, never heard of him. Uh, never. Heard never. Of him. Um, I can how, how do you pronounce uh, King K's last name? King- you know what? I was I was <laughs> I was quietly <laughs> I wanted to- <laughs> yeah we'll go with that all right uh, i'm yeah. really sorry please forgive me and and i'm so horrible with people names i mean on, on my other episodes when i go through cast i'm always like oh crap i gotta try to pronounce this person's name <laughs> <laughs> and, and then on the wrestling show with keela when we talk about japan and Start naming Japanese wrestlers. I go, oh my God, I got to try to pronounce that. Um, but yeah, um, we have uh, Rodney Eastman as Joey. Uh, Jennifer Rubin as Taryn. Uh, let's see. Brantley Craig as Philip, Ira Hayden as Will. And Larry, not Lawrence, but Larry Fishburn as Max. What was um, he thinking? Well, well we're going to talk okay. about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, probably Mr., he's Mr. Movie Cop, Mr. Horror Movie Cop himself, John Saxton. I mean, if you go through his bio and look at all his film credits, I'm pretty sure it's like, cop, 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 <laughs> you know, for everything. Well,
1: he makes the perfect one, you know, so.
0: Yeah, pretty much, and that's pretty much our main cast yeah we'll just leave it at that we'll we'll end it on mr john saxton as a you know with the whole cast um and it was directed by chuck russell and it was co-written by wes craven chuck russell and frank darabont which i thought was interesting that the three of them actually wrote this because this is actually a pretty good show.
1: right i've actually read that they were all good friends
0: yeah, see, so it's too bad they didn't do more work mm-hmm. together, because, I mean, they did some stuff, and it's crazy that this was actually Chuck Russell's first director, you know, his directorial mm-hmm. was this movie, and then he followed that up with The Blob a year later, which is one of my yeah. favorites um then he he doesn't direct anything again to 1994 as charles he goes by Charles. he, he stopped going by chuck he goes by charles russell with the mask in 94. that's
1: crazy that he did that movie
0: yeah right <laughs> because you would have told me the same guy who did dream warriors and the blob is the same guy who did the mask I'm like, mm-hmm. huh and then he did um eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Vanessa Williams. The oh, that's one that I have not seen. Is, I mean, it's a it's a Arnold nineties action movie. <laughs> really, it's not it's not it's not bad. It's just you know it's a Arnold action. Mm-hmm. Movie. So yeah. Um. Then he did the one, uh, Bless the Child with a uh, Kim Basinger, which I never really watched.
1: Uh, I watched it one time, but that was like back when it came out. Like, what was that? Like 2000,
0: 2001? Yeah, 2000. And which I didn't know that he directed The Scorpion King. Oh, wow. Yeah, in 2002. I was like, really? I was like, huh. Okay. Um, then he did some movie in 2016 starring John Travolta called I Am Wraith, which I was like, what the hell mm. is that? Uh, like I said, I never watched it, uh, but he got a few projects like this in in production now uh, and everything like that. So he's kind of still around, but nothing horror related anymore. It's like he he's like he got away from the horror genre for some reason, and uh, he should go back. he was Actually, pretty good. He, he was actually pretty good. Um. So, okay, so get into this movie. Um. It has a very interesting opening um, because we're introduced to Kristen, uh, played by Patricia Arquette, and clearly she looks like she's sleep depressed <laughs> And as she's like frantically, you know, making these you know, like little um, miniatures and things like that, and and actually, you know, eating coffee gra- grains out straight out the can and stuff like this, and drinking so soda. So gross. <laughs> And, it's, and listening to you know heavy metal music, and because she clearly does not want to go, yeah. Street. And her mom comes in, you know, looking like she's been out, you know, partying or whatnot. And her mom is like the worst. <laughs> and, and, and right off the bat, it it, it kind of took me back to part one with uh, Ronnie Blakely, you know, as um, as Nancy, mm-hmm. girl, you know, just just a drunkard, yeah. That. And so I got a lot of vibe. I got like similar vibes from that. I don't know about you. If you felt the same way, but there was some comparison between Kristen and her mom and Nancy and her. Absolutely, I felt the same
1: thing. Like right after that scene where she was uh downing the the coffee grains and 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 the coke, that you know when her mother walked in and it's just like her mother just looked just seemed as if she was just such a bother. And it's like, wow, this is your yeah. daughter, you know. And um. It, it, I don't know. It, it's kind of sad because it just seems like you know it's something that they are both used to. Especially even Kristen, like she just realized, okay, well this is this is just how my mother is. So I don't know. I just I find it kind of interesting, and it, it just always just seemed like she probably would come home every night with a different guy. To be honest with you. Probably.
0: So sure. like Kristen, I have I have a guest. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting. I like, Jesus. Like, you always have a guess, Mom. That's what she should have said. She, she should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but her mom just seemed to, like, not care. And, I mean, that's kind of like a running theme through this series where the parents, for the most part, they are oblivious to what's going on in their kids' lives. And that's one thing I liked about Wes Craven. You know, at least with his role... You know, for part one, and you know, with screenplay for part three, about how the parents seem to be very dismissive of what's going on with their kids, right? And and it's kind of a sad thing too, because you know, it, with kids, especially if you if you're close with your parents, your parents should be like at least the ones that you can rely on, be the backbone for you when things is going bad, especially as a young, you know, teenager growing up and everything. But when the parent is not, is not even you know caring about what's going on with you. It's like who 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 do you turn right. to? So, I I say it's very sad in a way. It's, it's always been that like that undercurrent of sadness with, this, mm-hmm. with with these films, even though you know it gets funny and stuff like that. But that undercurrent of neglect in a way has always been a part of it. Because even in part two, I mean, we talk trash about part two and everything, but Jesse family was the worst. I mean, the dad bought Nancy's old house for cheap and everything. And it's just like, he didn't care that his son was going through all this crap or what. It's like, yeah, you're ruining the family, damn it. <laughs> you know, type of thing. I don't know. But, but yeah, it's always been that type of thing. And So, Kristen, she ends up falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And this is where we kind of get the first beginnings of seeing uh Freddy's, like, his lair, if you will, um, and the kids. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's weird how he always, he uses the kids mm-hmm. to kind of lure the dreamers mm-hmm. in. So, Kristen, she is uh, going inside this house, and it's like, we already know, like, no, don't, do not go in there, you know, type of situation. And she goes in, and clearly Freddy has been just having a field day with teenagers all over the place because there's at one point where you see like a room full of kids just hanging yeah. and whatnot. it's like you know he's just, he just killing kids left and right and the fact that he's making them look like suicides mm-hmm. is even crazier because that's what's being chalked up to all oh, these kids are just suicidal you know? right and they, they, they jumping off of buildings and you know, all this type of stuff, slitting their wrists or whatever, all it's just each kid's suicide.
2: Mm-hmm. You know.
0: But um you know, and Freddie he 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 shows up and he actually almost gets Kristen. And especially in the scene, you know, where when she's running with the little girl in her arms and she gets stuck and she's trying to run and she's running in place. And I don't know, it's just a cool shot to me when he's running up behind her in slow motion, getting right when he's about to, you know, smash yes. her or whatnot. She manages to get free and takes off running. That's, that's it's really a cool. It one. is. Um. And then after that, you know, she runs into the, you know, another room and everything. And then she, I'm trying to, remember, okay, what exactly happened again? I just watched it a few days ago, but I can't remember. Um, she she ends up in the other room, but then she ends up waking mm-hmm. up. And she was, well, at least she thinks she's awake. And she goes into the bathroom, and then we see where Freddy appears to her in the mirror, and he starts slashing her wrists. But in reality, she's actually she's slashing her own wrist with freaking razor yes. blade. Mom comes in, and she falls. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I mean, like, what do you think of like how we kind of open the movie? I I love the opening of the movie.
1: I feel like if you're someone who did not watch part one or part two, I feel like you'll be able to follow. And I feel like it would be able to keep you at the edge of your seat because it starts off fun. You know, you can even tell with the writers that they're just honestly just being creative. Like they were able to, you know, kind of play around with the original movie that Wes Craven created. So um, it, it's it's like I feel like they, they were still able to stick with that, but still write something new um, while still like bringing in new characters. So even with the teenagers, using Kristen as an example, you know, um, you feel sorry for her automatically. Like she's clearly a girl who's troubled automatically. Even if you, again, if you didn't watch the previous ones, you know that there's something wrong. And even as you stated earlier, she looks uh, very tired. She looked very tired. So um, I kind of love that beginning scene um, you know, especially when she's running and she's stuck in that gook or whatever it is and it's, it yeah. you know, it's in slow motion and it's creepy because it's just like, again, say if you never watched a movie before or anything like that, I don't know about you, but I've had dreams where, you know, I'm trying to run and then I'm just running so slow. So it kind of just brought me back to that, you know, um, which is just, I just feel like it's just very relatable, you know? Um, well, not with Freddy Krueger, but you know when you're actually watching.
2: <laughs>
1: so um, even when I think about, maybe I'm, I'm kind of just jumping ahead, but even when I think about the the pacing of the movie, it yeah. I feel yeah. like it wastes no time at all um, for you to know as the viewer, like okay, there's something going on with these teenagers, or with you know, as you said before, like with the bodies. Just you just see bodies at the bodies that she she runs into. The only thing that kind of was just like, what, you know, um, for me, is when uh she she was running, of course, and, you know, it was clearly a doll, but, you know, it was just...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, right. We, we know it's a doll. It's like, and then when she looks like, you're hurting just- me! And she looks down this freaking exactly. skeleton like, ah, what the and her face is all burnt and her head is gone <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs>
1: Like
2: she's still wearing her dress, though, you know.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, yeah that, you see, that, see, that's the dark human but stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about right now. yeah. So it's just. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's not supposed to be, but I mean, clearly, it's like. What is yeah. this? Thing? It's like, it's just something they just took out back and burned it. Like, all right, here, put this here. No, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's like you seat.
1: can just see them at in, in the chair room with, with some desk and stuff. No, I'm telling you, Fred, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great, and they're just
0: you know arguing mm. on it. But oh my god! So, <laughs> so, after that, uh, Kristen ends up at um Western Hills, and it's the first introduction of Western Hills in this franchise, um. And we're introduced to some other um quote unquote suicidal kids. And also too, we get to see Nancy with her little grey streak in her mm-hmm. hair. Look, looking like freaking uh rogue from the X Men. Um maybe they could have got her to play a rogue if if that's it, if that would have came out like maybe fifteen years earlier. Who knows? Um so yeah, so she's you know, she's there and everything and we're also introduced to Max the orderly mm-hmm. uh Larry freaking Fishburn um <laughs> but before we we talk about Larry um Heather Langenkamp um what did you think of how they reintroduced her into the series
1: you know i i like the way that they introduced her you know um clearly she's still struggling but she's still i like the fact that she clearly did not move on well, I I like the way they reintroduced her um, because you know I still feel like she's still a struggling young woman Obvious with all the things that happened I mean you saw her mother get
0: sucked in through the door I mean <laughs> you mean that little that, um, that, that dummy gets yeah. sucked in through the door
1: yeah. well besides There's from that it's good. like all this traumatic stuff happened to her you know and then top of yeah. the wall, then her mom gets sucked into the little little peephole thing or whatever, little door. It was crazy. Anyway, but no, seriously. So it's it's just kind of like, you know, all all, the, all that crazy stuff happened to her, like where, you know, her friends were killed and everything. So it's like she understands what these teenagers are going through. So it's kind of nice. Like I I guess in in a way, like at first you would think like You know how like when you watch a movie and you have to have that person that explains everything because they magically know. I don't feel like that's how it is. Like, kind of like think. Um, remember Jeepers Creepers? And there was that older black woman, and she just knew everything for some reason, right?
0: Yes, well, she was the magical. Yes.
1: Exactly. So I like the fact that clearly with with Nancy, um, they weren't. They didn't want her to come off as, as if she was a know-it-all. It's just because yeah. she lived through it. So, of course, she would be familiar compared to the other, you know, people who worked at the, well, the other staff, you know. Um, and then just the fact that, you know, you're thinking, it, like, think about it, like, if you're an adult or well, you're you're in your early 20s and then you have to work with these snotty-nosed teenagers, and you know how it is sometimes with, with some teens and stuff. And these are all, like, I love that it's a diverse cast. You know, and tell that their ages that they're kind of around the same age and different personalities. So that's great. But it's just the fact that you needed someone who's relatable, someone who who would understand what they're going through. So I like the fact that she was that person, you know, so and again, it's just it fit because it's like if you did not see the first one or the second one, or especially with the first one. It's just kind of like you don't know what's really going on. You do know that she clearly she's keeping a little secret
0: at first in the beginning, you know. Yeah. Well, especially too when um her and um uh, Neil they mm-hmm. are you know they outside talking and when she drops a purse and you know the pills fall out and he looks at it and it says hypnocil Right. He's looking like, what huh, the hell is this? And you know what because at that point hypnosil was like an experimental drug. So it's like, hmm, what is she doing with this? And so that that kind of ruined, like raised a little red flag for him, right, in regards to her. And then you know later on, she you know opens up to him and let him know like, hey, you know, some years back when I was in high school, uh, I actually experienced something, you know, you know dealing with this. I you know I have some insight into this, really.
2: Mm-hmm. And, I,
0: and and of course the look on his face is like, what the hell, you know. <laughs> 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 But, but yeah, I, I like how they, like, brought her back in. And it's crazy, too, because I, I didn't know that, uh, even though the first movie came out in 1984, but timeline-wise, the first movie takes place in 1981. Mm-hmm. So it's been five years, apparently, since know since she last had any type of encounter with freddy krueger and everything so it was five five years ago for her right or whatnot and and then too like i said how but i like how she comes in as the old like older more well not older older but you know little older but more experienced with dealing with freddy and how her and kristen kind of you know have like a bond because there is a similarity between the two yes and everything so, so i did like that it, and because it, it wasn't like of course it wasn't like mother daughter it was almost like big sister type mm-hmm. of a, a relationship that i, I kind of vibe i got from the two of them and everything and so we, okay so kind of going away from nancy a little bit we, we we, we got to talk about this elephant in the room of uh, Larry Fishburne. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep going back to them because you know, all right, both of us I'm pretty sure you know we've seen enough of Lawrence Fishburne's you know career and everything, but he he did have this this phase in his career <laughs> where he went by Larry for some reason I don't know I guess it it made him sound you know seem more adult or something like that I don't know. But uh, he plays uh, Max the Orderly. And I thought it was kind of weird that he took on this relatively nothing role, Mm -hmm. in a way. Because, I mean, at this point in his career, I mean, of course, he had been in Apocalypse Now. Um, He had been in uh, the Cotton Club. He had been in The Color Purple and everything. So, you know, he, he was becoming, you know, somewhat of a, A known commodity, but for him, I'm not saying I didn't like the fact that he was in the movie. I mean, whatnot. But overall, I felt like the character of Max was a nothing role because he doesn't even get to like have a showdown with Freddy at all. Yeah. And so, so what do you think of him being in this movie?
1: You know, I like you. I like the fact that, that he's in it.
0: You know, um,
1: but I still think that I know that he's been, um, well, when was his first movie? Was it in the 70s?
0: Yeah, yeah, cause, so I mean, he, he he lied about his age with Apocalypse Now because when that movie first started filming, he was like 14 years old, but he lied and said he was 17.
1: Okay, okay, so let's let's say it was in 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 the like mid 70s, right? And then this movie was in 87, so it's kind of like it's I, I know he's been doing it for a little while but I still feel like it's still it was still like the beginning of his career because you know what it was yeah and it's like what's funny is I know that he was in the color purple but seriously I always forget
0: because well that was another role
1: right right so it's a role. so it's like you know what I think it is at first you know I, I would like to think oh it's because he really liked the the storyline I don't know but honestly I think it's because he wanted to um, that he was building up his resume To mm-hmm. be honest with you um, Not that the movie was terrible I personally really like this movie And you know we'll, we'll get into that later But um, I just think that it's cool that you could just See sometimes with people they don't really think That something seems like a big deal Like even think about it Like I mean I'm pretty sure that a lot Of people who you know that they uh, Excuse me that they were in the first One like a nightmare on Elm Street I'm pretty sure that they didn't think that it would be as big as it is now. Like, you think about movies like that, and even movies like Creepshow and Friday the 13th. You know all those classics. So, it's, yeah. it's, that's, that's exactly what I think that it is. I think he was still in, in the beginning of his stages, and he was building up his resume. And, um, like, who knew? Who knew it would turn into this?
0: Yeah, I mean, because a year after this, I mean, he did School Day. Yes.
1: So I was just thinking about that movie. That's 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 a good. Movie. It is it is a good movie. Can I tell you something that always just brought me joy, or just brings me joy? Go ahead. Hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I really like the part where I think that they went to like KFC or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they went to no, KFC I just not
1: see it. It's just like you know, oh, you know, yeah, something like oh, I don't even remember what he ordered, but say he ordered like. What somebody would like a two piece or something, and then the girl said, "Oh, would you like dark meat or light me?" And then he's like, "Oh, what, what do you want? Do you want whatever? Yeah, man, I'll take the light. All right, yeah, we'll take the light of me. <laughs> Sorry, you don't have it. It is like that. Why? That is a good question. Why would you ask?
2: Exactly. <laughs> that,
0: but I mean, but I mean, the, the whole thing that kind of tops that whole scene off, of course, is you know, Samuel Jackson showing up. <laughs> You know, with his crew, where the freaking Jerry Crew, oh, uh, but, <laughs> but the even though it's kind of funny with the two different crews and whatnot, but what's said between them is very important. Mm-hmm. So, and, but what's crazy about it, I did not realize how much taller Samuel Jackson is than Lawrence Ginsburg.
1: oh Wow, yeah. <laughs> see, I need to go back and watch that movie again. Oh,
0: no, it is it, great though. It's like, uh, what, what I'm trying to think what. And of course, I mean, of course, Samuel just has to drop his, you know, famous motherfucker. Of course, you know, (laughs) I mean, I mean, you do a doggone compilation of him saying that throughout his career or whatnot. But it'd be funny if he would have showed up in a uh, A nightmare on him. That would have been (laughs) this mother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, but but yeah, I mean, but Max, I mean, he, I think, I'm pretty sure on paper. That, that character was like the other orderly dude that you kind of just see like randomly a few times. I think on paper it probably was going to be like that. <laughs> but because Lawrence Fishburne being the actor that he is, I'm pretty sure that's was like, hey, let's give him a little bit more to do. <laughs> you know, he's just not going to, he's not just going to be orderly number one. You know, let's let's give him a little bit more to do because he does have some scenes, you know, with the kids and everything. And in the beginning, it does seem like he genuinely cares about them. Who knows? Maybe a family member, like a little brother of his, or something like that, might have been killed or you know committed suicide, you know, by a friend right or something like that. We even though we don't get anything like that, but I kind of always got that feeling like there was a little bit more to his character than what we were given, and, and, which is why I feel like he should have probably had like a bigger role <laughs> or something like that. So. I mean, I, like I said, I joke about you know him going by Larry and, and things like that, but I always felt like there was more to the Max character than what we got. I, I agree so, with you. So, um, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Well, we, yeah, we talked about the similarities between Nancy and Kristen, um, but the, the one thing that separates the two is the thing about Kristen that, it, that makes her Special in a way is that she has this gift where she can actually pull people into her dream. Mm-hmm. And we get to see that firsthand when she's, you know, in a dream or whatnot. And she, because she ends up in this weird, creepy house or whatnot. And she, you know, she says Nancy's name out loud. And Nancy, like, wakes up. You know, she looks down at the little, little miniature house. Mm-hmm. And then it's like she falls out, and she, as she falls back, she goes through the chair. That's so cool. And yeah, I mean, th- th- that's one thing I do like about this movie is, is the the practical effects and special effects in this movie is done very well, and for the most part, they still hold yes. up. Um, but I, one that I don't think holds up is this um uh, <laughs> this uh this this, this thing that Freddie decides to appear in. Mm-hmm which is basically a, a penis, a dick, whatever you want to call it. That, that, that's basically what it is. I mean, just call it what it yeah. is. Yeah. Right? And he's basically trying to devour uh, Kristen, and that's when Nancy comes crashing through the window. And it's funny how, like, right off the bat, as soon as she she doesn't even hesitate, she kind of goes into protect mode right there and there because she picks up a shard of glass, and she runs right over and stabs <laughs> the hell out of her, and then he spits uh, Kristen back out. And it's like there's a reunion between the two because he looks and he's like you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I mean, what what do you think of like how this whole thing played out a little?
1: I I kind of thought that scene was a little gross and it, it, was, it was gross but kind of funny. It was just kind of confusing. Um, you know, yeah. It just <laughs> i not leave that alone. How how he looked, but it, it's it was freaky, you know, and it was just kind of like okay, that was. <laughs> that was unexpected you know but again this this, this takes me back to um, the pacing of Dream Warriors yeah. it's just, I, I feel like it is it, it wastes no time at all to separate you know reality and the dream world and you know it's just kind of like as the viewer you, you can't help again but just to sit there and watch and just see what's going on with it I agree with you I don't know what that thing was it looks ter- it's wrinkled there's like there's all this stuff that's happening. Like, yeah, when I watch, that does not hold up well, like at all, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I appreciate their bravery with that, with that scene, you know. And I don't know if you've ever seen the picture of um, Patricia in character, you know, and part of her legs are in Freddie's mouth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I guess they did that because they wanted it to seem like, look, guys, it's okay, you know, everything's okay here. It's not what you think it is. Like, it's not something
0: that would belong on, like, I don't know, like, Pornhub or something, you know? No, no, no. Like I said, this is beginnings of, of, like, dark humor, ridiculousness, and that thing, oh my god. And then in the documentary, because they actually, you know, showing this, like, countless times when it's, like, especially in the the behind the scenes of it, when it's actually moving, and them on set, and it's like, thought that was a good idea. I
1: mean, maybe they should have just made him more into a snake. I think that that would have been better, like just with the actual look or something. But I still, I yeah. get it, they still wanted him to keep the, the Freddy look. You know? yeah. um. I mean, I think for a first-time viewer, that will definitely creep them out. Um, But then again, it's like, I don't really, I don't feel like it holds up too well. But if you can like look past that, it's pretty gross, you know? Even if he like spits that out, her, her legs are all like like she was in like dirty like muddy muddy puddle water. I don't know.
2: It
1: was but I think it was cool. Like especially even with with her type of special power and that she's been doing that. Kristen going back to her, you know, since she was a chip, you know, like a child. So I think that that's really cool.
0: Yeah, cause she even you know she tells Nancy later on in the movie about how when she was like five years old. That- she would pull her dad into her dreams when she was like scared or something like that. And, you know, he would make everything better and he would wake up the next day and telling her like, Oh, I had a dream that, you know, that I had to do this with you. And so I, th- I thought that was kind of cute or whatnot where, cause I mean, we don't know like what exactly happened to her dad. Like, well, I, I we always assume that, you know, he died, but, um, but who knows, like, maybe he could have been like a protector to her if if he hadn't died in the dream mm-hmm. or something. Or so. oh, they could have brought him in. I mean, I don't want to compare it to Friday the 13th, you know, uh, part 7, you know, <laughs> with, with, uh, with what's the name? Of that, you know. Yeah, you know, because that, I mean, that's basically what happens. He he, he he comes back, you know, with a little mud yeah. on him. You know, he have been dead for 10 years, but <laughs> but it's the same thing,
2: you it. know. And... <laughs> oh god.
0: Oh, that's another one. Oh. But <laughs> that doesn't really. They could have dirtied that man up a little bit.
2: You know what
1: makes me mad about that one is? <laughs> it's not so much. Um, I mean that that's a very good point. Like he's been dead for ten years, and it just looked like he fell into the lake. Just yes. <laughs> the part that makes me upset is I think remember okay first I really did like Tina like her character you know I thought that she was fun and you know it's like I felt bad for her you know because it's just like you know she just she, she wanted to be a normal teenager you know but she just couldn't quite help herself you know what I mean like, like even just being out there and stuff but okay The part, which I know that you know, the part that really exhausted me, um, remember the character, I don't remember what her name is. um, Melissa? Is it, like, when she, the one who had the makeover.
0: Oh, oh,
2: oh, oh, oh. Oh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I felt bad because it's like she really... You know, she she was upset that her friend, you know, said that she needed a touch-up. Like, supposedly her best. What was her? Robin.
2: Yeah.
1: Who's Robin? Robin. And then it's just like, you know, she finally got her makeover. She took her glasses off and, you know, combed her hair or whatever. And then she was a new person. But the crazy thing is, Jay, no one ever got to see her with her. You know, I'm serious. Like, it That hurt
0: me. Technically, one person (laughs) did. Uh, Jason. He he got to see the makeover. That's true. He did get to see her. <laughs> and then he made her over again. Oh gosh. So, yeah, so.
1: <laughs> you know what's funny about that girl who, who plays her? Um I don't know her, her her name, but the one who plays Maddie. I remember I watched this movie like this was probably like maybe the end of last year called um it was like a comedy family type of movie called my mom's a a werewolf with this yeah literally this girl's mom turns into a werewolf but her friend is obsessed with horror movies and stuff and it's pretty cool because she reads like monster magazine and um i believe angoria as well and she goes to this goes to conventions and stuff and yeah it's maddie you know i don't know her name on that movie but um yeah, just 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 in case if you ever want to see her again. Okay. Oh. <laughs> but she'll never. She will always be. Mad. To me, she will always remain Maddie, and there's
0: nothing wrong with that, yeah. you know. See, I mean, some of these people, they. I mean, that's that's who. That I mean, for some, a lot of. I mean, not just in Nightmare on Elm Street, but Friday Thirteenth and a lot of these. That's the only credits they have, yeah. really, and they, you know, kind of went through conventions and everything and basically lived off of those roles because they, it, it's, it's kind of funny too because a lot of these people even though, you know, we make jokes and everything about certain things but that's one thing I like about the horror genre mm-hmm. is that no matter how big or small someone's role might be in one of these movies, they're always remembered for these roles. Right. And a lot of, you know, no matter how big or small some of them are, they they do have a fan base. A lot of them. it's true. You know, people who just you know are huge fans of this. And like I said, that's one thing. because like no other genre, you know, the horror genre separates itself like that to where you get these. I don't want to say cult followers, but in a way, it kind of is. You know, cult followers of these. You know, character actors that you know just randomly show up in these slasher movies from that. 70s, 80s, and even the 90s and stuff like that. And I think that's one thing that's kind of missing from from newer horror movies too. They don't really have like those type of character like roles anymore. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying this trying to you know make it seem like people from back in the day were ugly anything, but everyone now, for the most part, in newer horror movies, they all have to look all pretty, right? You know. Everybody has to look pretty. Even the ones they try to make to seem like oh they not the, they don't look good. Clearly they just made to look down. Right. You know what I mean? They're not. They're not like regular people. Mm-hmm. And for for the most part, a lot of the people who showed up in some of these movies, they were just regular people.
2: Yeah.
0: You know that wanted to be actors, and, and the horror genre gave them that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, so. That's okay. Um. Yes. I mean I I can I can I can tone I can, you know I have I have feelings for my my horror people.
1: I'm glad that you do, Jay.
0: I <laughs> mean but, but it's kind of a good segue into what I was gonna bring up next is that um the cast and I'm talking about the teens in this mm-hmm. one um compared to like the group of teenagers like from the first two movies and even, you know, from the ones that come after this, how where would you put this group of teenagers like in the series? Well,
1: I actually like this cast, um, this, this cast of teenagers, maybe a little bit more than the first one because I feel like you actually, you get to know them without too much of a long, drawn-out story. Not that they even, I don't even feel like they did that
0: in the first one.
1: It was just kind of like, boom! These are her friends, and then they're all at—was uh, it Tina's house?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was all at Tina's house. And I, I never understood why. Okay, how? Okay, Nancy and Glenn made sense, mm-hmm. you know. They they made sense as a couple, but Tina and and Rod—that that didn't make yeah, sense. I saw, <laughs> Rod's voice
1: was so annoying. Like just thinking back on on that, but yeah, like I I agree with you. It was just kind of like. I don't really feel like even with we really didn't get to know Tina. Like of course it was horrible what happened to her. But as a viewer it was just kinda of, like we really did not get to get to know her, you know. Um whereas when I'm thinking about, you know, with in part three, it's just like with Philip, you know, the sleepwalker yeah, yeah. and what happened to him. You when we first meet him and he's well, you know, like Nancy's introduced to some of the patients and he was like one of the first few it was just kind of like you you automatically got to know him because it was just kind of like okay look at him with his puppets you know you kind of felt for him and it's like he was a little funny and then you know right after that we met Kincaid and obviously he's clearly a a tough kid but you could tell that it's just like because of his environment you know deep down inside he's not really like that and then you meet the girl who wants to be an actress Jennifer (laughs) You know, so it's just, it's, it's like all these things, but it's like you you get to know the characters, but it's swiftly, and it's not rushed. And I feel like sometimes with um a lot of movies, it can seem a little bit rushed, or you don't really know the character fully. So even though it's like that happened to, to Nancy, and, you know, um, um with the, well, not to Nancy, with the first one, you see what happens to Tina, and then Nancy goes to school, and then she's just looking at her desk, but it's just kind of like we don't. We don't really. I, for for myself, I really didn't connect fully. I felt bad, like especially just seeing how much blood and stuff, you know. Um, yeah. but I, I don't know. That's that's kind of where where it falls for me. I mean, did I answer your question? I think I just blabbed.
0: Well, I mean, just like comparing, like, what would you rank this group? So basically, put you would say that this is probably the best group, you know, throughout the series.
1: The, throughout the series. Um, actually, I really, really love the group from, uh, the Dream Master. So part four, part four is actually my favorite. I just think that they're a good time.
0: So what about you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would probably put like the the group from three and four. They're they're like one and Mm -hmm. one. And you can put it either way because I mean, well, part four, well, I can't wait to really talk about that one because I have a lot of thoughts about what messages in that movie in regards to uh, Alice and everything and how she goes from being like a background, you know, to when everyone kind of start getting killed off, she becomes stronger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and everything like that. I, I, I just really like how they went with that and and that's something that kinda gets that doesn't get talked about enough in this um, franchise too, is like there are messages, you know, in these movies. Right. And like I say with part four, it's about, you know, your self worth and knowing that you can be be strong, you know, especially for like young girls, especially with her. She was a young girl. She she kinda had this she was very timid, like, you know, in the beginning, but then she becomes stronger because she starts to absorb her friends and family you know they what made them strong like comes into right. her which she gets like all of their power in a sense to face off against her mm-hmm. and here you know is where it's introduced where all of them have their own special unique dream power which makes them dream masters in a sense and it even though in the real world, they might not be strong, but in their dreams, they can, you know, one can be a wizard. The other, you know, um, is strong, you know, like Kincaid, he can bend, you know, stuff or whatnot. And then with, um, with Jesse, uh, not Jesse, um, ah, uh, I can't remember his name. The one that don't talk. Joey. <laughs> Joey. I don't know why I was going to call him Jesse. Jeez. Um, yeah, he's in part two. Um, yeah, Joey. You know he doesn't talk. He stopped talking in the real world, but his voice is his strength in in the dream world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And like I said, just I, I like that that they all have their own unique strengths and everything. And that's why I like this group a lot. Yeah. And it, it, like you said too, they we we get to know them just in, no matter how big or small they roles were. Like like a Philip, like Jennifer, we got to know them just in the little bit of time that we even saw mm-hmm. them. And it, it makes me wonder, did Wes Craven probably want to make up for maybe the lack of depth that we got with the first group in the first Right. Movie? Because, I mean, yeah, they say that uh, Glenn was a football player, but we never saw him playing no freaking mm-hmm. football. <laughs> oh, yeah, we saw him wearing a freaking jersey. No, that was a drop-top, yeah. but yeah. Exactly, I mean, yeah. I mean they, they they used to do that a lot the football players with freaking crop tops will with the shoulder pads and yeah, he used to look ridiculous. But it's like we never saw him at practice. We never saw him, you know, holding a helmet or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It just it's like why was that added to his character that he was a football right. player? That he was a that he was a jock. Why why was that added? So but like I say, introduced to Philip. Oh, you know he, he likes the puppets. He he, he can create marionettes and everything mm-hmm. like that. And um, what's the other? Taryn. We know that she was a drug addict, yeah. and she recovered, and she was she had got clean, and you know and everything. So it was, and the fact that all these kids they were very different from each other too, because outside of outside of this uh, mental hospital they wouldn't have been friends. I mean. Right.
1: You
0: know, but here they because they all had the one thing in common. So that's what brought them together, and they almost felt like a freaking family, to you know, to an extent. It was like an extended family. I agree. So I, I did like that.
1: Like I, I agree with you with that. Um, another thing I was going to just ask. Um, just curious. This is a, it's still kind of on topic. Um, have you ever thought about like if you know you were in this movie, what um, do you feel like your dream power? would be.
0: Huh. That's a good question cuz you know I've never I've never actually really thought about that. Um what my dream power would have been? It, it probably would have been similar to like with King K, like super strength or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. What about what about you? Um I don't know. I was
1: thinking about that. I mean, I guess what comes to mind maybe just like being able to fly?
0: But what is that going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, he can <could> fly away. <laughs> well,
1: still going to die. You know, if he could become a snake man, then clearly, or whatever uh, snake
2: worm. You
0: know, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he could, um, you know, he get on his little witch uh, broom and, you know, fly after you. Well, that comes later. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> that comes a couple of movies later. You know, the, you know, the wicked witch. Jeez. Oh, my God. Now... Uh, Oh, I know I'm a dread talking about that one. Uh, freaking Freddy's dead. Jeez. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Philip and Jennifer, and when you was talking about, too, like how the movie does it, you know, it kind of the pace or whatnot. You know, the first half of this movie, no one really dies. <laughs> so, and it's almost like they forget, like, hey, we didn't kill anybody yet. So let's get end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you know, we we, we get our first death like what, like forty minutes into the movie Jesus, almost. Just about. Um. So the whole thing with Philip, well, it's not really. It doesn't start with Philip. It really starts with um, with the uh, Joey and um, what's his name? Um, the dream, uh, the wizard. Oh, uh, uh, Will. Ah. Yeah, Will. Jesus, can't remember his name either. Uh, Cause somebody, I don't remember their names of it's, it's terrible, but uh, yeah, with Joey and Will, you know, they were playing their little um, wizard game with Taryn, and then she leaves, and then Max he comes in, you know, to tell them like lights out and all this type of stuff. So they get in the bed and they're going to sleep, and then Will, you know, they is like, like they have this pact where okay, I'm going to go to sleep, but you have to sit up and watch. And then when you go to sleep, I'm going to sit up and watch. So it's like everyone has this little hidden thing, you know, about them falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um, Philip, you know, he ends up being a victim because he falls asleep. And Freddy comes and gets him and basically turns him into a freaking marionette puppet and leads him around and, you know, basically throws him off the freaking um tower and everything um what do you think of like the special effects for that and make and freddie making that be his death
1: i actually love that scene that, that was i actually love that death scene i thought it was so creative because it kind of fit with you know phillips uh creativity or more of his, his like uh his hobby you know so it's pretty cool just to see of course you know with Freddy, he's always been creative and always, you know, just witty, always saying certain, you know, things that just always just have you laughing. But um, that was really cool. And that just explained why he's like a like, it, it, well, does it does that explain why he's a sleepwalker? Is he just a sleepwalker? Like, was he a sleepwalker before his Freddy issues or is he a sleepwalker now because of Freddy? You, you know what I mean? Um, So it's just like I think that that's really cool to. To kind of think about. I mean, I'm I'm thinking, especially what happened last night, or not last night, what happened like when he did. I'm talking like I'm there, so.
2: <laughs>
1: but you know, like what what happened to him at night? It, you know, uh, it, it just kind of just just makes you think because I'm thinking like okay, if, like you said, like it it did take a while for someone to die, so it's just like why now. So he, yeah, uh, there's, yeah. so there's been plenty of times where he probably slipped up and snoozed, you know. But it just kind of seemed once Nancy, well not even just Nancy, once Kristen obviously came into the picture more, that's when mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. just just went straight to Hades for the whole group, you know.
0: So, <laughs> so, 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 so in other words, it's all Kristen. for
2: I, I, I think so. You
0: don't think so? Well, I probably say more so when Freddie you know, sees Nancy is involved and in, that's what he goes. Yeah. So, so, it's like, I gotta get these kids. No, man.
1: you're right. You're right. So, it's Nancy's fault. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah, it's Nancy's fault. Because, I mean, they seem to be doing all
1: right.
2: You
0: know, <laughs> He's just, yeah, that.
1: he was just having a little fun. But now, it's like, he wants to start killing people and stuff. So,
0: so, so, Philip dies,
2: unfortunately. Mm-hmm.
0: And it looks like he a suicide. Then, yeah, of course. It looked like he just went up there, on, you know, on the tile on his own and just jumped off. Right? Um. So, so next we get um Jennifer. She's <laughs> because uh, she wants to be an actress. You know, she wants to be on TV, um, and everything. <laughs> and she's, you know, she's in the um uh, little lounge room or whatnot. She's watching TV, watching. Freaking Dick Cavett show for some reason, which I always found that was kind of weird. Like, why would I never understood why did they get Dick Cavett and Jaja kabor to be <laughs> make a special appearance in this movie? I never. You know what?
1: It just seemed like they probably
0: volunteered.
1: Like,
0: probably. I mean, and, and, and what is Jaja Gabor really famous for? I mean, she. Well, because she slapped the dog on cop or something. Wow, what'd de freaking do? You know, I mean that's what she's famous for really. you know, she got pulled over and she slapped it in and she becomes famous off it. It's like whatever. Um Hello Oh man. What the heck?
2: Hello I'm here. Hello?
0: Oh, Because it kind of blanked out for a second. All right, so um, maybe you don't want me to talk about. Maybe you don't want me to talk bad about. Yeah. You know, maybe,
2: maybe. Wow.
0: <laughs> you know, you know the the, the Skype people do be, rich, but. um, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I never understood how that because that was always weird to me especially when you look you know when the credits roll and it's like special appearance by Dick Kevin and John Jacob. like what the hell are they doing here but so we find out you know Jennifer she's watching you know late night TV and everything like that Max comes in of course you know alright time to go to bed conveniently Max is involved you know he, he shows up you know before both deaths in a way even though he doesn't go to Philip. but I just find it convenient he's telling people to go to sleep <laughs> right before both of these deaths so maybe max was actually the killer all along but um <laughs> so she's like come on like max i just, just want to sit up you know a little bit' it's like, all right well i I'm gonna leave i'm gonna go do my rounds I come back you know when i come back then you gotta go she's crazy that that happened like i was like think about that
1: think about that, you're just trying to be nice and then you just go off and then you come back and her
0: head is smashed and yeah through the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but now just like the philip one um, uh, you know freddie uses what jennifer likes you know and everything what she wants to be which is on tv yeah. and i thought but it is funny though that you know because they showing the dick Cabot, you know he's talking to jaja and it's like Oh, uh, what do you think? And then, then it cuts right when she's about to say. So it cuts back to where Dick Cavett has turned into Freddie. It's like, who gives a f what you think? <laughs> right when <laughs> like, the TV goes and through. her screams like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the hell? Like, what the hell is that? But uh, that that's always been funny to me because literally, who who gives a f? I shit? mean, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but so so Jeff is trying to figure out like, what the heck is going on here, and then. Freddie, you know she go. Why did she go over to the team? I never understood. Right? I don't
1: know. I was wondering. I was about to ask you. Like, what did you just because, run out of there at
0: that point? Just it, exactly because that, but okay. See, now okay. Now now i over going overanalyze this because now it doesn't make sense. How the hell did she even do that? <laughs> How, because okay, just like with Philip, you know he. He's sleepwalking, mm-hmm. so that that makes sense. But how did Jennifer jump up into right, the exactly? <laughs> because Freddie didn't actually grab he her. Didn't. He did. Yeah, he grabbed her in the dream, but he couldn't actually physically pick her up.
1: Like maybe she just like smashed her head into. That's the only way I'm I'm thinking about it.
0: Like. I, <laughs> No, because when Max comes in, you know, she's clearly face first into, to the TV. So it's like how did that even happen? Like there's some uh, some uh, unexplained unexplained uh, laws of gravity there or something that we don't that we don't know about. So, don't you know, know maybe she used a chair. Was there I don't even know.
1: Never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know. Or maybe she did stand up on the chair. Maybe she did. That is a really good question though. Yeah. I, I, wait, I think no, I think you're right. I think there was a chair. I think there was okay. a chair. So yeah, that that explains it. But still, she had to. That's that's a lot of force to put. Oh man. But um, yeah. So he he his face like comes up through the top of the TV with the antennas on the TV. <laughs> which is. And these like metallic arms comes out the side. and He grabs her. He's like, all right, Jennifer, it's time for your big break. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and smash, right? And then Max he comes back but I would say this: Lauren Fishburne he does a great job in this scene because just the look of like sheer, like sadness that's on his yeah. face when he walks back in. There. Yeah. And it's just like I just talked to you not that long ago, and now you you do this. Because that's probably what he's thinking: like, why did she? Yeah. Do that? So I always thought it was sad, like the way they killed off. Philip and Jennifer. I guess they wanted to like really punch us in the yeah, because we were
1: just getting to know them.
0: Yeah. So uh, they they, they death scenes is crazy. Um. Well, another thing I want to talk about too. Uh, this whole like nun sub plot that shows up in the movie. Um, like, what did you think about how they went about, you know, bringing that into this movie and the whole thing with Freddie's mom and
2: all that. Type yeah, of stuff? that was a.
1: Like that was a lot to handle at the time. Like I, I see see what they're trying to do, and it's it's very okay. So even what I was mentioning earlier about how it's like you know you could see with the writers that they really wanted to like be super creative, but still stick to um, West Craven's formula, original formula, but still entering like still having some additional like new ideas. Um, it it was. It was. I feel alone with that that story it was a lot to take in and I feel like that is completely horrifying but at the same time it's a little bit intriguing like you want to know more about his mom not about what happened to her you know but more about his, his mother you know? and it's just like even where it's just like you know he's known as like what the, the bastard son of a hundred maniacs you know I kind of like that, that concept so um because even though it's, it's just so dark and gross and creepy and, you know, it's like it, it's dark, but then there's still kind of like a little light because throughout the movie, um the nun, his mom, she's been kind of like, you know, like a, that positive light, you know, she was trying to be reassuring. She was trying to, you know, always just kind of say encouraging words, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So it's like a I feel like it's kind of like a blend. It's a blend of, you know, some some darkness or um, some evil with, with some light. Um, and I feel like that kind of just added more to the movie in a good way, of course, and added more to even um just Freddy Krueger's, like, background. You know, it's it's not like he's, like, you know, because right away, like, just think about it. With the first one, it was just kind of like, okay, he's just some, he's just a demon that, that's in your dreams. If even that, you know. So now it's just like this adds so much more to it. And again, I feel like I just keep on repeating myself. It was perfect. It was perfect pacing. Because it's like you're, you're like, just think about you're getting so much information from this movie, not only from the characters, but also um, like, well, not only from the different types of characters, but even what's happening and like how how just how the span, like how how the story is just playing, playing out and it's just an incredible pace you know where it's like you want to know more so I, just again i'm just i'm really um really i was really into like the whole story of that i really wanted to know more about his mom
0: yeah i mean and in, in you know the sequels that will come after this we we do get more about that a little bit
2: mm-hmm.
0: um but here I thought it was interesting that that the uh, the nun... Because, you know, in the in the beginning when we first see the nun um, and everything, just trying to figure out, okay, who exactly is this woman? Because we don't... At, you know, at first we don't know that eventually it turns out that she's Freddie's mom. Um, so, like I said, when we first introduced to the nun and everything, we're trying to figure out exactly who she is, like where she comes from, and everything. But I thought it was interesting that she... Appear to Neil,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know she, she 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 never interacts with Nancy or anybody else for that matter. But she comes to him, and I always kind of thought like maybe she showed herself to him because he was somewhat of a skeptic in a way right. to you know the dream stuff and everything like that. So let's go to the one that is the hardest to convince.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I always took that, and then two the movie introduces the whole religious like undertones mm-hmm. and everything. So I, I did like how they did that whole thing. And like you said too, it, it made us want to know more about that in a way, because the other stuff, even though it was, that's the stuff that's that's cool and fun and everything like that. But we kind of already know how that's going to go because we have the first movie and even the second movie. When it comes to Freddy and, you know, killing off the kids and stuff like that. But as far as the whole thing with the nun and, you know, and then later on with the whole holy water and going to dig, you know, get his, get Freddy's remains and everything. It's like, okay, that's, that's, that's kind of the more interesting stuff because we haven't seen that or anything. So. It's just a it just kind of interesting thing with that whole subplot and how that played out. But it was very interesting the fact that she only, like, revealed herself to
2: mm-hmm. Neil. I agree
1: with you. That is a good point.
0: And so, I mean, at this point, we, we basically have, you know, two kids that are gone now, unfortunately. And, you know, Nancy and Neil, they kind of, they, they you know, they get a little closer or whatnot. And everything. I think I think Neil had a crush on Nancy, um, <clears throat> but um, and then of course that's when you know Nancy tells tells Neil about you know her past with Freddie and everything. And then that's when they take it back to the group. And you know at first they didn't want to hear nothing that Nancy had to say because you know she's one of them. You know she's not one of us. You know, how how can she tell us like how we like what we going through? She don't know until of course you know the whole he he's horribly burned. He wears a dirty brown hat. You know, and they all start looking around. Yeah. How the how the hell she know about it? you know and whatnot. So I always always like that. You know, that this is where Nancy becomes like she she becomes the know it all, but she's not really the know it all. It's like I know how to deal with this. I'm here to help And we
1: kind of want that information.
0: Yeah. And it's like I've dealt with him before, so I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but I'm here to help you deal with it. You know what I mean? So I always, always like that. And then, you know, they do the whole, um, the new, you know, little group therapy thing. And of course, because Joey's weakness, unfortunately, <laughs> is women. <laughs> and, you know, the nurse that he, you know, had a little thing for, you know, and of course he gets kind of, you know, cop blocked by the other oily number two. <laughs> That's what I call him. Um oh, or whatnot, so you know they decide to do like the little hypno uh, dream thing, and they go into the dream, and they don't even know that they're in dream world. That's what's even Yeah, better. I love that. Because Neil's like, oh man, well, you know, I was really, I was really hoping we could actually do this, and da da, and then, and then thing the, you know, does he do you know playing with the um? I forgot exactly what they call it.
2: Yeah, but. but okay.
0: You know, he's playing with it in the balls. They decide to disperse into the air. And it's like, well, we're here. It's like, where? No, we're still in group. No, we're in the dream, you know, type of thing. And Joey, you know, he goes wandering off and gets lured into another room by this nurse. And I mean, you we, we kind of already
2: knew. Mm-hmm. We've we, we, yes. we
0: seen enough movies, You know, and we know like, okay, something bad is about to happen here. And Freddie, you know, he becomes the nurse and basically has Joey literally, you know, dangling over a pit of fire. <laughs> and not.
1: let's not forget that he's tied uh, by his tongue.
2: And yes, he, yes, yuck.
0: freaking tongue. Yes, tongues got him bound and he's dangling over this pit of freaking fire. And and everything and everyone gets kind of freaked out about what's going on because they kind of get Freddie tra- basically traps them in this room so they can't get out. And the door starts to they go around, and then as they you know, the freaking nurse, uh, not nurse, but doctor lady who, who, I, I, she's like the most unlikable character she is, in the whole Like week. her whole face. Like, <laughs> she, 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 she was really not there for the well being of these kids. You know, she's, she's basically like a nurse ratchet type, but not to that extreme. Was she uh, was
1: she a, was she a uh, nun? No,
0: no, no, she, was no, a no, she, no, she no, wasn't she, a
1: nun. She, she, um, she, she, no, she was a doctor. I don't know why I said a nun. Like, yeah. Was she like the, the head doctor or
0: something? I I think she. Cause she she had some power. She never, yeah, because I, I think she even. She she superseded over Neil. In, mm-hmm. in, but it's like he was like right under her as far as the rankings went or whatnot. But. I think she had a little bit more power than he did. And, you know, she bursts into the room. Everybody wakes up, except Joy's, you know, in a freaking coma on the floor. So, Neil and uh, Nancy gets in trouble. <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? And, of course, she, and, and that's why I don't like that doctor lady, because she, she basically throws them under the bus by saying, oh, this was an unauthorized group session. I had nothing to do with this. You know, and, and so, the, the head that's over the hospital, he basically tells Neil to just get his things and go basically. You know, and Nancy, you can go with him. That, that's, that's basically how you say. But
1: come it. on, it is kind of understandable. They're all in a room and sleeping. And what's his face? Will Will Will? Whatever his name is, he's on the floor. So it's <laughs> like Joey. No, not not Joey. Joey's the one who went with the nurse. But he's no, but he no
0: no way in the. In the dream world, Joey goes with the but when he, in the real world, Joey is in the coma. I thought that it was uh, Will that was in the coma.
1: No, no, it was, it was Joey. Oh my god. What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, in the dream world he goes off with with the nurse, but everybody wakes up except for Joey because he's uh you know dangling a little of fire in the dream well, world. Well, you know. So. Sorry.
2: So, <laughs> so and we
0: just and we, and we, okay. You you just watched the movie, and I just watched it a few days because ago. And we was, both kind of had. I could have sworn that that was him, and I
1: was like, "Gosh, no one, no one can Either way, nobody <laughs> can that he was on the floor. So it's just like my point is okay with Joey being on the floor. It's, it's kind of it, it does look bad that they're all just sitting here sleeping, and then someone's passed
0: out half dead on the floor. So I don't yeah. know, like. So I mean, so you know, Neil basically loses his job. Nancy gets fired from being, I guess. <laughs> sure. um, uh, yeah, I guess I, I don't know what what exactly oh, her they, because they, they never say exactly what her position was anyway. But um oh yeah, so they get let go. And I, I did like Neil in this moment when he te- he tries to tell the little nurse the nurse Ratchet doctor lady, like will you please just listen to the kids? And of course she gives him that I will listen, I will I will help them. It's like you ain't gonna help them, you just gonna do whatever, you know what? Because things get even, you know, things get worse when when Neil and Nancy leave because even Max turns into this goon dog. Yeah. You know, with how they handling the kids and everything. And it's like, what the hell? Like, this lady, she doesn't care about like, them. She just want to put them Yeah, like before...
1: she's taking her anger out on them.
0: Yeah. So, here, this is where, you know, Nancy, she's like, well, I know someone that can actually help us. And everything. And, of course, we're like, well, we know who that is. And they go to see good old... Uh, former Lieutenant Thompson who's now security guard Thompson so what the hell happened to him in in the past five years that he went from being a lieutenant to where he's a freaking security guard and he has a drinker
2: oh gosh yeah
0: oh uh, uh, I mean what do you think of John Saxton you know his role here compared to him in the first it movie? made me
1: sad you know it's like it's it's like he's trying to pretend like none of that stuff happened Yeah, Yeah, like drinking it all away and i get it, it it was horrifying but clearly if your daughter needs you she needs you the most right now um because it was just like he he never really responded to nancy when she was like you know kruger's back you know he's just sitting there at the bar and it's like it's it's horrible i really didn't care for how he was in this one but it's it's understandable because you know everybody has different ways of, you know, processing and and grieving and, and going through um what they're going through. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: but but it's kind of crazy too because like you know in the first movie he was like a hard nosed you know cop or whatnot, and I guess I mean even though him and his wife they were separated and everything or what well at least I always took it as they were separated. But right,
1: he was. But- yeah, were they separated or was he
0: just never home? I, 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 I always took it they, they were separated yeah. because, like I said, he wasn't there. That's true. But, so, I, I don't know. But I think that he really did love his wife, you know, and everything, and the fact that she died, you know, because even though we see her get sucked through the little hole in the, in the door, but. I mean, I think in in their reality, she dies in the bed and everything. And I mean, he was there to witness that weird crap where she, like, floats down into the bed and all the smoke and all that stuff and everything. So, I mean, like you say, it took a toll on him and I guess he just started, you know, trying to drink it away until he became incompetent at his job and he becomes a freaking security guard somewhere. Yeah. And like, so that's a that's a terrible fall from Gracie. Really. But you know, he he kinda reluctantly decides to help after Neil you know, he Neil steps up and basically forces him to help them. Like me and you going on a little ride, we got something to yeah. do. And it's like Thompson didn't know how to deal with that. So that's when they you know, they go to the I always found this part funny. They go to the church and you know, they sit there, Neil takes the keys, like, hey <laughs> and then he takes his he takes his, his liquor bottles. Like, hey, what are you, like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, you take my keys and a drink? Mm-hmm. And then when Neil gets out of the car as he's walking up the stuff, he's pouring out the liquor on the side. <laughs> he, he was sick of him. He just sat in <laughs> and he was sick of him. Yeah, that 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 tells you just how much. You know, Thompson was not liked. You <laughs> just you just meet somebody and they just like, ugh, <laughs> like, ugh. like you're the worst. <laughs> So it's like, but he had this like pitiful look on his face when when Neil was pouring out his out his booze on the, on the steps. It's like he was looking like, man, that probably cost me like fifty dollars or so. That's probably how he was looking. Special but, juice, yeah. Yeah, boy, that was, yeah, yeah, secret stuff. But um, so Neil goes inside the church. You know, he gets the holy water and the priest. He kind of like stopped like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Um, well." Here's my driver's license <laughs> like you can just hold on to that and how and I'll be back. Like I'm telling myself like where the hell are you gonna get some more holy yeah. water from? Like, who who you gonna get to bless this 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 water hose water that you, that you probably gonna bring from Exactly <laughs> like, like what are you doing? Like why would you leave your driver's license? But he does. And you know, they go out to the um,
3: junkyard.
0: Now, okay, Correct me what? If if you and a bunch of other parents, you know, killed a child, mm-hmm. why would you why would you dump his remains in a junkyard? I don't know.
1: I I have no idea. I always wonder that as well. I mean, I kinda think that that's pretty cool because it's like it, it's so huge. So it's like, okay, there's no way that people are gonna find it, you know, or find his body or whatever. At this point, um, God, that sounds so grim, doesn't it? But I'm just, I'm just really thinking about, because I mean, come on, you can't really put it in a lake. You wanna, you don't want to really bury it in the woods. I mean, either way, I mean, I, I just think that that was just more of a creative way for them to do that. And I just love the fact that for some reason people just keep going back to that junkyard of the series. So, yeah, cause we do see it a couple more mm-hmm.
0: times throughout the series. Um, so I mean, at this point, this is where the movie kind of really goes into high gear because we got the whole, you know, Neil and Thompson on this um, scavenger hunt adventure, as Neil said, um, trying to find Freddy's remains so they can basically, you know, douse it with holy water and set his soul free in a sense. But then back at the uh, in Western Hills because. That nurse ratchet doctor lady, she decides to drug Nancy because Nancy starts acting out. Not Nancy, um, Kristen. Yeah. I'm sorry. uh she, you know, Kristen starts acting out and everything, and so she drugs her and puts her in the padded room. And everyone's like, no, she can't be in there because if she falls asleep, Freddie is definitely gonna get yeah. her. Yeah. So, uh, Taryn and everyone they call N- Nancy. Nancy's you know, frantically getting back there and. Max, you know, he didn't want to let Nancy, you know, see the kids, but then, you know, she kind of like, like, come on, Max, just, you know, last time, just want to say goodbye to the kids. and Max, like, all right, okay, you know, you can do this. So it's like, all right, Max, you, you, you are a good guy, after yeah, that, or whatnot. And so they decide to have one last group sex session, and this is when they go into the dream world and. you want I'll let you take over from when they go into the dream world
1: so um something that I like like with this is that this this scene to me always seemed a little bit playful you know um because this time it's kind of like we are it went from people kind of showing like their power because you went to when they first went when they first were having their um their session their dream session and they didn't really know that they were dreaming um you kind of saw Kincaid's power and you kind of saw Terrence's power. I really don't know what her power is. <laughs> I like you know I I still, I still like it. But you know cuz like come on like
0: Kincaid everybody had cool, had something that was kind of cool. She just but she just looks like a she she looks like a grunge you know punk um person yeah. and then she got these doggone you know knives. I guess like, she
1: a, like, like she was in a band or something, you know. Um, but one part that, that does stand out for me, um, is with Will's character, you know, because it fits with him. Because, um, again, so now since we're in the dream, people can finally like try to like take him down and 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 everything like that, but by, by using their their powers and then also sticking together or at least trying to stick together. So even though they 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 get separated for the most part,
2: right right
1: okay just just making sure but something that stands out for me or the person that stands out for me is Will because with Will um you know with him being in a wheelchair and and stuff it's just kind of like his dream I thought his dream was just only just going to be just to be able to walk and that's it because after hearing Terrence but he kind of like um it's not really uh Dungeons and Dragons but it is something similar to it right where he is now he takes on um, being on a wizard, and he's able to walk, and of course he's able to use his magic powers, and um, it, it kind of just, it, it it's something that seems a little magical, it's like, at first you're like really hopeful, you know, you're really, really hopeful, but then of course it doesn't work out, but of course, you know, the first person to go is Taryn, you know, because... <laughs> what? Like, she doesn't have any powers anyway, so the first one to go is Taryn, and then even with, with Will, you know, um, Will, it mm-hmm. kind of surprised me, because it's, it's just like, okay, he has some type of powers and stuff, and but, you know, I remember Freddie saying that line, that he doesn't believe in that stuff or something,
0: and yeah, I don't believe in Yeah, so he's
1: pretty much, like, dead, you know, Um, and then luckily, though, even with Kristen, um, Kincaid, and Nancy, you know, they find each other, and somehow they're able to um, you know, just be able to, to try to band to, together so they can try to beat Freddy. Um yeah. Joey somewhere in the mix, you know, they, they find a way to save him. But uh the thing is, when they first try to kill him, it's like he still has so much power. And it's like it and and it kind of goes back even with what Neil with Neil and, and him being at the... Um, not the graveyard. Being at the um at the junkyard. And they're trying to find his remains. So it's just like... You don't know what's happening. You don't really know. Like My thing is... If that's the case... They really didn't have to go into dreamland.
0: Yeah, that's true. But I guess... I, I always took it as that... The fight had to be fought on both sides. That's
1: true. That's true. Okay. I, I, maybe I was just getting and, lazy. Like, oh, we'll just wait for you, Neil. You know?
0: Yeah, so... Because I guess, see, because the thing was that Joy was in the coma and then Kristen was being forced to put to sleep, so they had to go in to kind of basically save... That's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but again... <laughs> it, 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 so, in order to give Neil time to, you know, you know, do the whole exorcist thing with, with the remains. Mm-hmm. So, w- but I will say this. Uh, one of my favorite moments from any movie of the series, too, is, you know, when they're in that hallway with the mirrors and Freddy appears and he just kind of starts snatching everybody into the freaking mirrors except for Joey. Mm -hmm. And then Joey lets out that, you know, euphatic, No! yeah yeah. That was was his moment, right? And all the mirrors shatter and everybody just come falling out. What the heck? And it's like, Hey man, you found your dream power. <laughs> what not? And it's like everybody's all happy about that and everything, which I thought was cool. But uh, going back to the but the the part of the um in the junkyard that it kind of makes me laugh is they find the remains, and it's almost like Freddy still has a connection to his remains because when when it's like he can tell like. My bones in danger. Yeah, <laughs> and he, and that's his he, he sleep power. I don't know. <laughs> he, he stops and then he like takes possession over his own bones and then he beats the hell out of uh, Neil and and that's when unfortunately Nancy Dad he gets killed because he gets impaled and mm-hmm. everything like that. But it's like. Neil, you can't. You let a freaking skeleton beat you up, man. Like, really? You, you get beat up by a skeleton, and then, he, and not only does he get beat up, he gets thrown down into the hole, and then Skeleton Freddy, like, shovels dirt. Yeah, oh, I was laughing at that. <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny, but it's just, I don't know. I always say, it like, damn, do I have a sick. Sense of humor oh. or something because I just find it hilarious. No, you're, you're not the only
1: one. And it's like, I don't know if that was, suppo- I think that that was supposed to be a little funny, you know, that had to have been.
0: You, you get beat up by a doggone skeleton. It's like, how, how? How? How do you let a skeleton beat you up? <laughs> and then he, and not only that, but it's like once he realized, well, all right, they're taken care of, I can go back into the yeah. dream world and and the, and the bones just flop back down. It's like, huh. Hey like really? So, that's twice now that Freddy has operated in the real world, in a mm-hmm. sense. In the, in the second movie and in, in this one. But that scene with the bones doesn't get talked about as bad as part two. So, so I always find that kind of interesting. Um, you know, um, I have a question. Okay.
1: What about the the different characters, like, just for you? Is there someone, like, besides from Nancy, because I know people, there's a lot of people that really enjoy, like, her strength in this movie, but besides from Nancy, is there a character, even if it's not one of the kids, um, even if it is Neil or um, Donald, you know, is there someone in the movie that you feel that, like, kind of stands out for you?
0: In this movie? Um, even like I said, even though his role is small, but Mac, yeah, yeah, like I said, there was always, they always felt like there was more. Every time I watched this one, I always felt like there is more to him, more that could have been given to him than what we got. And it just, it just feels like there's a, there's an undercurrent to his character that we never get to know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it's, is Max. What
2: I find,
1: Chris it seemed like Kristen and Neil, they kind of got along, even though she like sliced, like slashed his hand or his arm, you know. Um,
0: but I wonder why she never called him. Well, I mean, because I mean, Neil was Neil was somewhat of an outsider. Yeah, but even though he even though he was trying to help them, he was still somewhat of an outsider because he was a skeptic, and I think they could. They could kind of sense that he wants to help us, but at the same time, he doesn't true. He doesn't fully understand or believe what we're going. Right, right.
1: Okay, you know, you know what?
0: That's that's true. Yeah. So that's how I always kind of took it because, like I say, once Nancy, you know, when she starts saying he's horribly burned, he wears a dirty brown hat, he has knives on his right hand, instantly best (laughs) friend because. She gets us. <laughs> <laughs> that's how she it's gets true. It. You're, you're
1: right. Because I mean, instantly it was like no one could really calm Kristen down when she first arrived. And, you know, she just went into uh, Nancy's arms. So that's that's a good point.
0: Yeah, because Nancy hit it with the nursing mm-hmm. So Because he even asked me, like, what, what was that back then? It's like, oh, just something, you know. You know what, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm showing off my powers already. Yeah, get off me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that type of situation. But um, uh, so the the uh, the finale to this whole thing, where now in the real world we saw where you know Daddy Thompson you know died mm-hmm. and everything, and he comes he comes floating in there, which I always kind of laugh at that how he comes floating in you know and everything. He comes to Nancy. It's like Dad, what are you doing here? He's like, I've crossed over sweetheart. <laughs> it's like, crossed over. And it's like, yeah, you know the type of thing. Basically, he said, "Yeah, I died," yeah. <laughs> you know, or that. And you know they have this nice little tender moment until, you know, he turns into the old red and green sweater yeah. guy and, and just stabs <laughs> right in the right in the chest. You know, it's like, wow. Oh, and and Kristen's there, and Joey and Kincaid gets locked out of the room, and. You know, Freddy just is dead set on, you know, getting Kristen. He's like, now I've got Nancy out of the way. It's your yeah. turn now. And it's like right in that moment, because Neil finally wakes up out of the dirt. <laughs> or whatnot, and he gets the holy water, throws the bones back in, and then he starts pouring the holy water on him. But I, I like how they, they had that synced up where he's pouring the holy water. And Freddy in the dream world starts to light up in those spots where he's yeah. getting splashed with holes. I love that too. And, you know, then, of course, he pulls out the cross and he puts the cross right on his head because, you know, the cross lights up around right his forehead. And I guess he gets consumed by the light or whatnot. And then he disappears. Mm-hmm. And that's how they defeat him. Um, but, of course, casualties, of course, is, you know, Nancy. You know, she. She dies in Kristen's arms. it's like, that's, I mean, that's kind of the only thing I did like they they brought back Nancy to kill. Her.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, but
1: you have to you have to think about it. Like you can, in a way, you kind of knew it was coming, kind of. It, it's kind of like it always seems like with Bob, and it, I think they said this in a uh, screen, you know. But it, it kind of just seems with horror movies that I know this was like the third one, but it's like with the originals that they don't last. I mean, honestly, like look what happened with her dad you know, and then even with her, so she's kind of like, I mean, it sucks because it's just like, of course, we're, we're all rooting for her, you know, and, and she's, she's that, she was, she became like, you know, an expert, and she's, it's always been like Nancy, so at that point, at that point, you kind of think like, okay, are they going to, are they making room for like the new generation, Um, you know what I mean, if there was going to be like another one, say if we didn't know that there was going to be another one.
0: Well, I mean, but well, you're right, because it did kind of give that vibe, like, okay, that Nancy, in a way, was passing the torch to Kristen. Right. You know, so, that's, I guess that's why they had so much similarities between mm-hmm. them and everything. That this was like a passing of the torch. In a yes. way, that Nancy's storyline is done, and now we're turning it over to Kristen. Right. And unfortunately, what happens in the next movie, it gets passed from Kristen to
2: um,
0: Alice. Yes. Yeah. So, so real quick to use like a wrestling term, it, it was like a uh, Kristen was like a transitional <laughs> champion in a way, where she gets the title, and then she just hands it right over so to fast. the to the next person that would take it over for like two movies after. So, I thought that was interesting, um, but then. I mean, to kind of cap everything off, I mean, Nancy and, you know, Donald Thompson, they, you know, they die or whatnot and you see they Neil goes to their funerals and everything. And then Neil finds out that the nun was actually um, Freddy Krueger's mm-hmm. mother. And then she she disappears and it's like this weird thing. Now, the ending to this movie, which I've never really paid attention to until I watched it for the, for this mm-hmm. episode. Where Neil is asleep and he looks like he's having like a nice drink because he's like he's all cozy in his bed and everything. And you know, he has um Kristen's miniature um house that she made, which I always thought that was interesting how that kind of gets passed around throughout the movie. What
1: I don't get is why he would want it
0: like that's that's the weird thing, but okay, yeah, I don't know, but um. I, but like I said, I guess it's, it's like a weird thing that it gets passed around. And similar to like the thing with the the, um, the alcohol bottle that Kurt Russell had, it gets like passed around throughout the whole movie too. It has like his own little traveling story <laughs> or something. Um, but like I say, Neil is asleep in his bed and you know, the camera pans over to the house and that upstairs light comes on and it's like so that Freddie killed nearly his sleep yeah i always, always kind of got that feeling i, don't know I, I got
1: that, you. that as well because now he's a believer
0: you know so
1: yeah. um i think that that's that's pretty much what happened
0: so but they never you know it just it ends on that cliffhanger in a way but i do like this in a little bit better than the First two movies that end in these weird dream like endings that leave you like, What the yeah, hell is this? Yeah. So but yeah, I did kind of find that kinda of interesting that it ended on that like, okay, well, he's not actually dead, he's just gone for a little while, but he will be back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, he comes back well a good uh four more times, I believe. <clears throat> but uh yeah, so that's Pretty much uh, dream world. Um Before we actually get out of here, uh, your overall thoughts about Robert England's performance in this one?
2: Um, I did like
1: his performance, but I don't really feel like we we got enough of him in this one. It just seemed like it was more about the characters around him, like the teenagers, um, which is understandable because it's just like you know we. Not that I even feel like we really got to know him on the first one or the second. Like you would hear the same story and stuff like that about what he did with children, but, um, but but not so much. Like I like the fact that we learned about his mother, but that was just more more intriguing. Where for for myself, I wanted to know more about him. You know, if if that makes sense. But he he, I feel like he did a great job as always. Like he he really just. He really just brought, he brings something to the role, if that makes sense. Because, you know, you ever wonder, like, say if it was somebody else, not saying that they would do a horrible job, but he's like, you know, when you think about Robert England, that's who you think about uh,
0: Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, there's a reason why the Freddy Krueger character is as iconic as it is, because unlike a lot of the other, you know, horror slasher you know, killers from that time period he was the only one that really right. talked you know Michael Myers wasn't doing no talking Jason's not talking mm-hmm. um, you know some of the others that wore masks or whatnot. you know that was coming out you know at random points in time doing that era and everything they were just like monsters or something like that he was the one that actually talked and you know it actually got inside your head you right know? So, and because Robert Englund being the actor that he is, he just, it's like he became a totally different person in that role because, you know, back, it's funny, before Freddy Krueger, he was best known for the mini you know, TV miniseries of V, where he was kind of goofy and everything like that. And he becomes this, you know, dream demon, and he becomes this completely different person.
1: Isn't that amazing?
0: Yeah, it really is. It's like once he put on that makeup and put on that glove and, you know, everything, kind of get that little you know, slumped over shoulder walk that he had and everything, it's like he became that character. Let's mm-hmm. not forget his crazy laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I always felt like this movie is the, it, the quintessential Freddy Krueger, I felt like. This movie mm-hmm. is. And that's why I say this is where the series takes that turn because it's like after this is where they wanna make, hey, this is family friendly, funny, one liner Freddy that appeals to kids and it's like, No, that defeats the purpose of what this freaking character is. He's a child murderer, but you wanna make him cross over and appeal to kids right. now. like what the what are we doing? <laughs> But I mean that's the consumerism of the eighties, which I'll talk about that in, in, in the next coming episodes and whatnot probably. Um also too, uh, how where would you how would you rank this movie? Uh from like one to five? Um
1: you know what? I'm gonna give it a three. Because <laughs> I, I really enjoy the enjoy the storyline. Um the characters I feel really developed, and you know, they're enjoyable. You know, um, I feel like it, it made me have sympathy for the characters, like, I feel like it was believable. Of course, you know, um, there's some things that, that are dated um, because of the year 87, uh, but I do feel like it is the the kind of movie that, I, again, I feel like you do not have to see the first or the second one for it, that, you know, um, I'm sure other people may, dis- may agree, uh, will disagree with that, but I say that because I know, like, like say if uh, someone's just, just new to horror and for some reason they just decide to check out Dream Warriors, I feel like this would make someone want to check out the first and second one because it's it's a fun movie, you know? Um, and I feel like that's, that's something that, you know, you really look forward to even when it comes to like a series and even just with a classic and even before it became a classic. So um, I'm going to say that.
0: And, I mean, I, I couldn't say it better. I, I agree. And, you know, I'd give it, I'd give it a three as well. Um, it's a solid <laughs> three. Because, um, like, like you said, it's a good movie. And even if it wasn't in the series, if it, let's say if this was the first one, you know, it, 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 it draws you in to the whole Nightmare on Elm Street world, in a way. Okay. Um, favorite character?
1: Uh, you know what? For me, it it may be between, there was something about, I really like Joey. You know, I thought that he was, um, he was cool. You know, like I liked him personally just because I thought that he was cool. He was an interesting character. I don't know if you ever watch a movie sometimes and it's kind of like, oh, this person never talks. And you know, there's, there's, a, there's a full reason for it, Jay, I promise. But they never talk, but it, it's kind of like, okay, say something. But for him, I kinda liked that he was silent. That made sense to me. Um, I also really liked um like Will. You know, I found him very interesting. He he never tried to not be who he was, which he was like a geek, you know, and that's just that's just who he was even within his dreams. He could be anything, but he chose to just stick to who he really is. Um and honestly Neil, because I remember when I watched this, you know, as a kid, it was just kinda like um I don't really think I was that much of a big fan of his but then seeing now it's like of course he's going to be a skeptic at first cuz come on it does sound a little crazy but, yeah, really yeah. yeah but then he actually gave it a chance and you know he really wanted to help them. He could have just lied dead in that pit with you know with <laughs> his- <laughs> And even what he did with Nancy's dad like trying to make him like get out of his head, like you know, like you really need to help. This is what you need to do. And he yeah. just met Nancy, you know, so.
0: Because even what he says to uh, Thompson, you know, when he jacks him up by the collar, he tells him, "Say, like, I don't know if you care if Nancy lives lives or dies, but I yeah. do." So that that
1: just proves it. So there, there's so many great characters, you know, in there. Um, but those those two are the ones that come to mind for me.
0: Uh, for me, it would probably be. It's well, since we went with a couple, I probably go with a couple too. So I, I say Max just because I mean it's Fishburne. Um, and like I say, there's more to that character than what we got on screen. And I probably go, I go with uh, I go with Nancy because she was like I say she was a little older here, a little bit more mature, and she's coming in as you know, as a true helper, yeah. she's really coming in trying to help these kids. I mean, it almost sounds like stand and deliver, but you know, to help these kids. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, she she you know because like she she went through this before, so she knows how it is, and even she learned some new stuff thanks to Kristen with the whole you know dream master type stuff. And everything, bringing people into dreams and controlling dreams. So I I like that. And unfortunately, she had to be sacrificed. But I mean, it it, does. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, Do you have any anything you like to plug? Uh,
1: you guys can follow me on on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter all the time. So that's lovely, Xena. Um, I'm. You can also check out my blog, RealQueenOfHora.com. And yeah, those are mainly just, just my main two. That's that's the best way to get to me. Yes. And Jay, thank you so much
0: for having me on. As so, always. It, always a pleasure. And like I say, you're definitely gonna have to do that phantasm.
1: Yes. Of course.
0: Yes. So I like I'm gonna have to hit um Ryan and Martin up about that too to find out which one they would like to, to do as well. So uh of course that'll be some time down the road once we get past this uh franchise and I'll do some other things but definitely we'll keep that in mind and we we'll have to plan that out and all that um as far as with me you can of course find me on the twitter as well uh j movie talk and everything i haven't put up a poll or anything recently i might do a random uh movie poll or yes something like you need that. to yeah i gotta do that um and Everything, but I'm always on there, you know, either retweeting, you know, other podcasts or interacting with people and stuff like that. Um, Of course, you can find me on um, Instagram at JMT Podcast as well. And of course, all of the episodes are available on TV Zone Podcast Network on podbean.com as well as wherever else you find you listen to your podcast or anything like that. Just type in TV Zone Podcast, pops up, and you can check out all the movie talk episodes, the TV Zone Podcast. Episodes, and also to the for frodo podcast whenever they decide to do another episode (laughs) so you can uh check all of that good stuff out and i will be back for part four which is a dream master i had to think about it it's kind of late i don't know my mind is shutting down Yeah, the dream master (laughs) my mind is shutting down i'm sorry oh yeah so i'll be back for part four to talk about Dream Master and Alice and all of her stuff and everything. And xena once again, thank you for joining me on this episode. And we have to, oh no, maybe try to get you back on to, doing, to do the last one. Okay. And I don't mean the remake. <laughs> I don't mean the remake. I mean the last one with Nancy. Okay. <laughs> so. Maybe we can play that out too, and then we can like kind of wrap up the whole entire series. Because I don't think I'm going to talk about the remake at all. I don't want to. I don't want to suffer through that. (laughs) Um, So, uh, thank you guys for listening, and I will check you out. Peace.